0: Welcome to another exciting adventure of the MFG Cast. We are your curators.
1: This is Kurt, and this is D. Wyatt,
0: and we're going to be talking about games that have a broad stroke. Basically, it means games where you are the artist. So, you know, see when I went back and I said, you know, back, you know, way back in the beginning, which is like what half a minute ago, and I said that we were your curators. I'm smart. I can do things. I can talk about other stuff. Boy, that that set, those last couple of sentences, I just said there, just prove the fact that I'm not. But uh, yeah, I was gonna
1: say they really stress the point. you know. I know,
0: right? It's it's funny because I like I'm like ooh, I'll say this one word because it's it's arty, and then I won't be able to say anything artistic after that because I'm a dum dum.
1: I was gonna say the fact that you also use the term arty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm artsy fartsy. So. <laughs> I love going to museums. You mean museums? Those things too. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: and fair warning: now that we're getting into the spring slash summer seasons, I'm going to be in my porch most of the time recording. So if you're gonna you're gonna hear some outside noises, some car honks, uh, some me probably uh, sweating profusely. You'll be able to hear that, believe me. You're just gonna have to deal with it because we're not. We're not made of money here. I'm that old dad that I'm not gonna crank the AC in my house just so I can be comfortable. So I'm gonna be out here sweating it out for you. So if you hear a couple of noises, I apologize.
1: Okay, so let me teach you a quick uh, sales tip here. Remember, all those bird sounds and car honkings, that's you adding a natural sound to the podcast. That's not coming from outside. That's you engineering this sound. That's right. You want to make it feel like people are in your home with you when we talk.
0: That's right. <laughs> I want you to that's feel, how you sell that. Yeah. I want you to feel like you're playing a game in my porch, which is amazing. It's for all the car honks and people yelling <laughs> and... Uh, police sirens and whatever else that oh the train yep the train you'll hear the train too oh the train is amazing it (laughs) might as well just run right through my fucking house because that's what it sounds like (laughs) so
1: and also my house is up on the market so if anyone's looking just
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah no kidding right i love my house except for the outside shit so you know that happens Uh, So in this episode, we're going to be talking about games where basically you are playing the... You are being the artiste, and we're going to be talking about if these games make you feel like you're um, immersed in that theme, or if it's just something where it's kind of pasted on and you're just kind of going along for the ride. So uh, we'll focus on some games that, uh, that hit that theme, like Fresco, Starving Artist, you know, things like that. So Dan, why don't you start off first? What is... What's one of of those games that you, when you think of being an artiste, you know, (laughs) or knocking over
1: your microphone.
0: (laughs) That was awesome. Puppies are fun. Oh man, if you would have seen that, you would have loved it.
1: (laughs) Okay, so quick touch of background. The whole reason I was figuring about this topic was uh, on a non-board gaming note, recently we uh, took Kim's mom out to a Pinot's Palette, which is one of those wine and painting places that are popping up everywhere. Uh, We've done it a few times, it's pretty fun, it's pretty basic, you know, it's like good beginner level, and i was like, you know, there's so many painting and artist games, so it's like, what games actually really help capture that feeling? So, you know, we figured we'd make this list and take a look. Uh, One of the first ones that I got on my list here, Kurt, is something that I got for Kim recently, which is Sunset Over Water. It's actually pretty cool, it's it's like done by Finn, uh, you know, Dr. Finn Games, it's also art by Beth Sobel, so... Visually, it looks great, and the whole idea is, like, you're on vacation, and you're traveling around to these different scenic areas, uh, you're painting them to fulfill these contracts. There's a few other ways of getting, like, some bonus points and all, and the thing now, like, in the game, there's these, like, landscapes and all these ideas, and it's, like, it might feature a sun, or coast, or waterfalls, or mountains, and what it really boils down to is, like, you're trying to get, like, collect those symbols by moving around like, you know, cause you visit those locations. So you paint them. I mean, one of the pros is the art in the game is amazing. It has actually like inspired Kim to maybe try to like duplicate one or two of these paintings, like in real life, which is pretty neat. The Kanzu is like, you know, like there's some duplicate pictures. So it's like, Oh look, there's a waterfall. Oh, and there's a waterfall over there. Oh, and there's a waterfall over there. <laughs> and it's also like, you're not doing anything to paint them. You know, you just, got to walk past them and then you take them. That's that. Oh, So it's like, yeah. So it's like the game is really cool. It's really fun. It's like a great filler and it looks amazing on the table, but you know, game wise, it's not so much like, you know, it's like I pick this picture up. I didn't really feel like we were making paintings. It was kind of like, Oh, sunset. I'm going to walk past that and take it. So, I mean, technically as far as the game goes, it could have been like car parts to, like you know for garages or something you know like oh i'm gonna walk past this carburetor oh and also don't forget i need two engines by the end of the day and i'll give you four dollars or victory points or whatever so yeah so in-game art was great but feeling like an artist not so much at the end of it yeah which is unfortunate
0: you know it it the the look of this game like i haven't played this myself but the look of the game is just so amazing and I've been wanting to, and I think eventually we'll have to do a spotlight on Best Sobel's art because just everything she does is just, and it's funny too, because I think she has a great style in the things that she does, but also I can't look at something right away and say that it's hers because she does so many broad things when it comes to her, the things that she does that it's hard to go, Oh, that's a Best Sobel art, you know?
1: Yeah, and I mean, her scope is through the roof, man. It's like, you know, you look... uh, She did the uh, trick-taking game, champions, uh, Trickster, Champions of Time. Mm -hmm. And she also did this, and you're like, the same person did both of these? This is insane. Um, And, like, here's the thing. uh, Now, just so everyone knows, like, I think Sunset of Water is a good game, but we're only looking at these games through the scope of does this make you feel like the artist? Or yeah. Something? So the game, yes. But at the end, I don't think you're going to be like, I have learned much about the stroke. Today. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: yeah, no kidding. One of the games that I think about when, when I think of art as a theme, you know, being an artist, it's one of the first games that we kind of got as a promotional game that we used was uh, starving artists by fairway. Three games. Uh, made by Mike Wokash and um, it's basically one of those paid by cube games where you get you have these paintings and you can buy them depending upon where they are in your in the market so 321 you can pay your cubes for you know to get certain paintings you can during your turn you can do you can do work which basically means you grab paint to help you know help build your canvas you can also do paintings so that That means, you know, take up to four cubes and put them on as many canvases as you can that you have that you bought. And then at the end of the day, then you sell these paintings. And depending upon, there's victory points that you score when you sell these paintings, but also you move up your, your food track, basically. You have five spots, and depending upon how many forks, it shows like a fork, Fork on it or whatever, you you move up, and <clears throat> one of the losing conditions is is that if you can't sell one of your paintings by the end of one of the days before the game is you know before the game is called an end game, then you could starve to death basically, and you lose that game. But one of the ways of winning it is that you can get a certain amount of paintings, or you can get a certain amount of points. Okay. When we first got this game, we got what Mike called the hard version, which I didn't realize was a thing until I just was researching for this. And I was kind of looking at it. I was looking at, because I we have the, uh, Mike was nice enough to make us our own cast version in this nice little Game Crafter box. And I was like, gosh, this is so fun to play, but man it felt like it was harder and then and then I talked to Mike before we interviewed him the last time and he's like and I said yeah that you know the game that we played was just you know was so much fun I wish I had your version and he's like wait a minute you don't have our you don't have the one you know you don't have that and I said no he's like man the one I gave you was just so hard he's like when everybody gets you know gets theirs I'll give you know I'll send you one which was very nice of him you know And just to notice some of the differences, I just actually read through it today. Like before the start of the day, basically, there's like days. So you get you get two rounds, and each player gets gets two turns in, or you get two turns in a round. Sorry. And before you start your round or whatever, in the original game, you only put one cube out into the market. Okay, and uh, this market grows, and one of the things you can do is you can trade cubes like it's like two for one five for three or something like that nine for five or something like that and when in the original game you only put at the start of the round you only put one cube out in the market well in the other game you put four so one between four having as many out there you know choices to kind of you know switch out is quite a thing also um they didn't have wild cubes. They made wild cubes in the newer version, not in the old version. And it was, sometimes it was kind of hard to pull those uh, cubes that you wanted to put on your thing because some of the art that they had, it was like some of them you could actually do like, if it was in between a blue or a green, it would say you could either put a blue or a green here and you could kind of have some options, but there wasn't really a ton of options. Another thing was you couldn't wipe the uh, canvas market. So if there was a bunch of canvases there and you weren't pulling the right things, you were stuck with it. And I was like, wow, this is going to be tough. Because if, if I keep getting blacks and, and this market barely has anything and I can't really switch anything out, then I'm just waiting for it to happen. And then also, in, uh, this is for the two-player game. In the original version, you had to get either 11 paintings or 20 points. But in the newer version, you only had to get seven paintings or 16 points. And that co- makes quite a difference.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, I remember when we first checked this out, and I remember I was saying to you, I'm like, this game is so damn hard. And you're like, well, you just got to keep playing it. I'm like, yeah, but I get my ass whooped. It's a little hard to be, keep coming back for uh, such savagery. But if they did make it easier and a little nicer. My question for you is, like with the market and the colors and the paints and everything, like. Do you do you feel like that is giving that art feel cuz like I do like the whole concept of mm-hmm. the color allocation. That is awesome. And one thing that I super love in this game, you can go to their website and you can actually like make your own images and print them out at the game crafter. I mean and I think we even discussed this a few episodes back like as a wedding gift to somebody. Put pictures of them together and you can give them their version of, you know, starving artist. Yeah. I think that's cool. Like, how do you think, how do you feel like with the paint market and the, the color supply and all that, like, you feel like it gives you some of that artist feeling?
0: Yeah, I really think it does. Even though, like, most of these paintings are things that are out in the ether, it's basically... You know stuff that's uh, what do you call it? I can't remember what he called it, but like it's like art that's out there that he didn't have to pay for. He could just take it and use it. I forget what that term is called. Yeah,
1: like public domain and all that.
0: And even though it's like it's got works from like Gauguin and like you know other different artists, and then it's also like like the one that I have the the Kickstarter version actually has some comic book art that wasn't purchased from, like, DC or Marvel, so, like, there's, like, a Jack Kirby in there that it's, like, whoa, that's awesome, you know? And to be able to use these, you know, paint, paint cubes and be able to put them on there and kind of see the scope of it, I think that has more of a feel of, like, yes, I'm actually doing something. Plus, the theme of it, Starving Artist, like, if you don't continue to put... get your paintings out there and sell your paintings, well, guess what? You got no money for food... Therefore, you're starving, you're, you know, you're living in a, uh, in your mom's basement or into a, a small apartment on the top of your, you know, buddy's house or something like that. You know, it's just, you know, I think, I think it really has that because I can't think of any, <laughs> a better term, a, a starving artist feel to it.
1: Yeah. It's like the starving part is unquestionably in there. The artist part, I'm saying it's like, it's like 50, 50. I feel like there's a lot to it. It's. I guess, like, the way the market works for the paints, I'm just like, huh. I would love to be able to go to Home Depot and just be like, yeah, I got these two gallons of red that I don't need anymore. Can you just <laughs> give me the gallon of that, that blue I'm doing my bedroom yeah. in? Thanks. But, yeah, it, it's, like, I will say the art in the game is phenomenal. Again, no duplicates, tons of images, large imagery in the game, which is great. And he does have such a scope. Like, like you said, comic art, modern art, uh, Renaissance uh, paintings, just, like, all different time periods and styles, yeah. which is very cool.
0: Um, the the one pro- yeah I'm gonna skip it I don't even I don't even talk about that why don't you hit on our next one
1: okay so another pretty one, cool one is a game called Pastiche from Eagle Griffin Games and uh, I think it was also later re released as uh, Petite Pastiche, which was like 33 percent less paintings tiles and price it was like a small uh you know like little less packaging a uh, little less content but also a lower price tag. But it's basically like players are like they're competing to like finish all these like historic paintings and the way that you're doing it is like you're laying out these color hex tiles and what's pretty cool is the game actually teaches color mixing really well there's like i think 16 or 18 different color cards and the way that you're going to do this is every tile will have six colors on it they're hexes and in the center is the primary color And when you put down your hex, like now on those, each of those six sides, there's like another color of, you know, paint mainly off of like, you know, your primaries inside, but it's like, when you put the tile down, you'll notice that you have two colors touching, two colors touching. And then on the corner of the hex, three colors touching, you get all the colors that those will mix into on your color palette wheel, like, or you can take that primary color. So if you're like, man, I really need blue. You just take blue. But by mixing, you can get three different color cards. And what's nice is you can also like kind of barter and exchange with other players. Like, oh man, like I really need some violet. I'll give you like a brown and a red if you give me a violet. Like if you can't get that mixed, you can just, you know, offer people those paints if you need. It's pretty cool. Like I like the color mixing aspect. I like the ratios. Like it's one of the few games to note like, oh, like, you know, two blues and a yellow actually make like an aqua color. As opposed to just like... A and B is C. A and B is C. This game will have like A, A, B, or A, B, and C. You know, and stuff like that. That's really cool. The paintings, it actually notes like the original artist and everything. There's a small set collection thing where if you get two paintings by the same artist, you get bonus points. So you kind of got like an incentive to go for like, you know, uh, things from the market. They also have like little easels for you to put your paintings on that are your active works. Which, you know, it's a cute little touch. The only con is the... It's actually not the game's fault. It's a little pricey and sometimes hard to find. It came out in 2011, which is not, by our standards, not that long ago. But since board games age like dogs, it feels like it was a lifetime ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's it's one of those games that, um, I don't know if you know, it's like every so often Eagle Griffin game, they have these like berserk kickstars, like Lisboa, like how ridiculously beautiful that game looked and how sprawling it is. And like Venus Deluxe and Empire Age of Discovery, these giant boxes that you could hide from the authorities in if you needed to because they're so <laughs> huge. Instead of Petit Pastiche, I would love Jugunda Pastiche and like let them re-release all the expansions in the box and make it even like bigger images with like bigger art easels or whatever. It's actually the same easels they put in the Gallerist, which was great. Like, I would love to see this re, like, re-implemented like and, and re-released, you know, from Eagle Griffin Games. I know it's a bit off. Maybe in 2021, we'll see, like, a 10-year anniversary on yeah. Kickstarter or something? I don't know.
0: So the, here's the question, then. So does this game make you feel like you're an artiste?
1: I, with the color mixing and all that, yes. I like that part. And also, the trading colors... Based on my recent, you know, <laughs> time at the, at the Pino's palette, it's kind of like, can I borrow some of your white? I used up all my white from the person next to you. So, it, yeah, it's kind of like a little like color training. <laughs> it, it feels like grade school, uh, like where I'll give you blue for green. But, yeah, <laughs> but yeah I, I kind of, like I said, that, the color palette, like, you know, I kind of like that aspect. I'd say it's, it's definitely in the realm. I think it's along the lines that we're looking for.
0: Well, the next one that I'll hit on is a game that I uh, played for the first time at the beginning of this year and I got to play for the second time not too long ago. It's uh, Bob Ross, The Art of Chill by Big G Creative. It's a game that basically, for me, it felt like it just came out of nowhere. Learned about it just before Gen Con last year. Um, We actually, when we were at Gen Con, they paid a guy that kind of looked like Bob Ross to put on a nice big old afro and, you know... Go around with this game just going, hey, Bob Ross game. Hey, Bob Ross game. Like, I don't even think he knew games. I think they just paid him to walk around looking like Bob Ross and handing out say, cards.
1: He, did he know who Bob Ross was if he was going, hey, Bob Ross game. Hey, man. Yeah. No <laughs> <What>? kidding. Who <laughs> He you sounds know what? like Death man? <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. It, it just goes to show you, you just never know. But it's a unique kind of game where they got the license for bob ross um you basically you're one of his actual original paintings and there's three spots where you can basically use cards for paint and you have your little palette there's two two spots on your board with three cards each where you can actually set down your cards and there's a strategy for that too so like if you want to paint something that has four paints. Well, you have to put three on one side and one on another and hope that this painting that you have stays out there and doesn't flip to another painting, so then you have all these paints out there and you're screwed and you have to use one of your actions to wipe it. Um, also, it has this cool little thing where you've got a Bob Ross die where you you roll the dice, you get, in a, you get certain things like an extra action, an extra uh, card, or you get to flip over a chill card, which is basically Bob Ross's... Something with, like, oh, if you paint with brown this turn, you get an extra point. Or if, or you can get an extra action this turn. But also, when you do those chill cards, Bob Ross, they have a little Bob Ross meeple that kind of moves alongside the bottom of the board of chill the painting. Track. Yeah, the chill track or whatever. Yeah. And once he gets to the end of that track, that will trigger getting another board uh, or another painting out there but also along that track there's some bonus points for depending upon which spot on the board that you paint um and then they also have another spot another thing too where you can because these cards have paint on them they also have on the other side they have your um, utensils for painting so it's got like a one inch brush two inch brush uh what do they call it a palette knife and so to finish a painting, you have to have so many colors, uh, on that spot on the board and then a certain, uh, brush or, you know, that palette thing or whatever to use. And it's, it's one of those that's very quick. Like once it, it seems like it would be hard to master, but it's super light. It's super quick to, to, to play. You get, you also get bonus points if you're the first one that completes, you know, one of the different, uh, spots on the board it's funny because I've played this two players with Mike and I feel like you have these technique cards and I don't know if I, I think I skipped that, but like if you have um, two of a certain like color or one of those brushes that are, that's one of the technique cards that's flipped up, you can take two of those cards and put it, put it down to take one of those technique cards. And that basically is one of the things that you have for the rest of the game. But I felt like with a two player game, you don't need those at all because you're just it's like I feel like you you're just wasting a turn doing that and not trying to paint all your stuff on the board. Yeah, it's it's one of those that when I heard about this game, I didn't know if I'd like it at all. I thought, okay, Bob Ross, that's cool, you know, you know, little happy trees or whatever, but like this game is super fun there's it's not very thinky at all i don't feel like i mean there's some strategy to it there there is but like it's not one of those where you just go oh god now what do i do you know it's like it kind (laughs) of helps you along it's really easy um as far as the painting theme i to tell you the truth i don't it doesn't make me feel like a painter it makes me feel like i'm just watching bob ross paint
1: (laughs) so here's what's actually pretty cool I, I was kind of thinking that, like, I outside the game, like, mechanically, I was kind of thinking the same. However, everything that they're using in the game is the tools that he uses in those paintings. Kim actually mm-hmm. looked up, like, one of the videos, like, from a painting in the game, and it's like, yeah, you do use, like, the knife and this two-inch brush for this. And oh, yeah. then you're going to use your thin brush for these strokes. So even though, like, you may not feel it, I do like that those are the things that you actually use to make that. And what's pretty cool is Kim has actually painted like uh, like one or two of Bob Ross videos from YouTube. Yeah. It's awesome. You know, it's like the, like when she, like she saw the game and she's like, we can get this right. <laughs> 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 I was like, yeah, we can. Um, yeah. Like for me, it's like, you know, cause like for me, like the pros of the game is like I said, like the tools and everything. And you can actually YouTube those images. If you wanted to learn to paint those, uh, the cons on this game, none Bob Ross is a part of it that's <laughs> it can't yeah. be that. yeah he's no. like <laughs> the ultimate cultural painter phenomenon of our lifetime
0: yeah it's like it's not an expensive game anyone can play it I mean really anyone can play this game I mean little kids to adults very easy to learn very easy to play
1: yeah it's like mechanically not difficult uh thematically it works out pretty well and uh yeah, I, I I would like that one. I actually uh I want to re examine like the the play style to get all you know, I would like to actually try to really duplicate one of his paintings and see if I can uh <laughs> do the same route right as Kim. <laughs> Speaking of like, you know, like great uh painting teachers, uh another little quick title I got on the list here is Kanagawa from Yellow Games. So in this one, like you're drafting cards because you're all painting disciples that you're gonna be duplicating works of structures and people and animals and all these different seasons to impress your master, right? So basically like you're trying to make an ever-growing tapestry of images, and, uh, but you're doing it one stroke at a time. So visually, it's amazing. It looks great. It uses almost like a puzzle element on how you actually paint though by moving around these like paint pots and all that. And it actually also features like an aspect of set collection to get the points like you know like different temples people like that's how you score these like bonus victory points and everything now like some of the pros of this game is it looks gorgeous and your image will actually span multiple tiles across to form one fluid image and that is awesome the cons though is like to actually paint in this game you're moving these painting pots around to like colors that you draft as tools So like you're just like, like I said, like shifting pots and everything. You're like, oh, I need blue and black. So I'm going to put a pot here and a pot here because I have two movement tools that lets me move these two pots. Like, uh, you know, I I tried painting at home the same way. I just like put some circles on the floor and uh, threw some brushes and water pots around. And Kim just stared at me like I was a lunatic. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, and based on the fact that my walls are still white. I don't think this is actually how you paint in real life. So, uh, so game, gameplay, it's a great game, but for artists, grab, not so much.
0: <laughs> yeah. The art of it just always like, and it's funny. i I still haven't played this game. I've been wanting to play it for like ever, but the art in this game is just so intriguing. It's
1: awesome. Oh yeah. Like I said, game-wise, I highly recommend that every game group have a copy of this because it is a delight to play. Mm-hmm. But again, at the end, like, you know, I, when you're done the game, you'll be like, I painted something really cool. And then it will be like, did you? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, no kidding.
1: So, um, uh, so what, what do you have up next on our list of uh, nice. masterpieces?
0: Here? Masterpieces. Uh, this is a game that actually is our, our f- the first game that me and Tracy actually bought that had this theme in it, which is Fresco by uh, Mark Ruskowski and Marcel Subeck. Su- I don't know. I never know names. It's too many umlauts and other things, so I ho- hope, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully you gentlemen I got your names right, and I'm sure I did not. Uh, published by Queen Games. I think this game has a good theme in the foreground. It's like getting up early to do your job splendidly you know you have to you know if you if you get up earlier you can you know get certain paints and stuff like that but if you also if you get up earlier you're in a bad mood because you've been working too long because you're just like (laughs) why did i have to get up at seven in the damn morning just so i could paint all this paint the ceiling you know and uh uh but also St- go go ahead.
1: stupid church making me get up at stupid mornings I know, and right? go to stupid market for paint. exactly <laughs> but
0: but you know if you're feeling in a bad bad mood well why don't you just go to the theater watch watch a fun little show you know and then you can up your up your positivity and you know maybe get a free action which you know that's what we always do right go to the theater to get a free action It's weird um <laughs> But yeah, it's one of those games where it, yeah, you're just you're trying to grab paints from markets. You're trying to use those to finish the fresco. You can also trade in colors to get more colors. Um, you know, depending upon where the bishop is, if he's right in the spot, right in the spot in the in the in the fresco where you're at, or right next to you, he sees what lovely work you've done and rewards you with extra extra points and stuff like that you know it's it's to me it's the game that i have that most makes me feel like i'm an an actual artist you know cuz it's like i'm grabbing these paints i'm painting this thing i'm having the boss take a look and see what see what i've done <laughs> and giving me the old thumbs up you know so i it, it's one of those games too also that i feel like i have not played enough to get the strategy of when we first bought this game, we got it with three extra modules. And I don't even think we've played any of those other modules so I'm kind of interested to see you know all what all would shade up shape up with the other aspects of the game too.
1: Yeah, it's um Fresco is it's a game that I haven't played enough. I definitely love how you do the color blending in this one too where your basic primary colors are the smaller cubes. And then when you mix the colors, it's a slightly larger cube with the nuke makes. And then you can mix those cubes together and make even different paints and all that. I, I like that part. One thing that's also great, you can usually find this game super cheap and on sale often. Usually every year at Black Friday, you can get the Fresco big box for like 40 bucks from the Queen Games site. And the big box is every single expansion that ever came out for this thing, plus Fresco. The only con is that With all the expansions, it kind of takes away from painting the fresco because it's like, oh yeah, and you can also research medicine and you can do this stained glass and you can deliver these messages. And you're like, aren't I a painter? Like, why?
0: (laughs) All, All of a sudden, you're like, you're like painter by day, messenger by night, you know?
1: Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm a painter slash doctor. You know, it's good to round out your bases for your, uh, you know, OK Cupid profile. That's right. Hey, so hey, like, hey! Hell? Back then,
0: <laughs> back then, you had to make your money somehow. <laughs> Why not be 18 things at once? <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to schedule for a CAT scan, and, uh, if you can pay me an orange paint, that would be awesome. I gotta finish up this corner over yeah, here. Yeah, yeah.
0: My, <laughs> it, it's funny, because now that we're saying this, I'm sure there's somebody in Hollywood going, okay, I'm thinking Leonardo da Vinci, but he's also us an assassin, but he also works as a fry cook, you know? It's like, there's always stupid <laughs> shit like that that's being made, you know? <laughs>
1: If nothing else, it'll at least be a Netflix series for a season soon. Yeah,
0: and this is another game that, the like, I, I suggest if you're looking at this game, d- don't worry about the other stuff right away. You know, just like Dan was talking about, sometimes it can get convoluted. Just get the original Fresco. It's another game that seems like it would be kind of hard to figure out because there's just so many moving pieces, but once you get started... It's a very easy game to play yeah. and, and get used to. It's an, it's one that we actually got Logan to play and he was not interested in it. One bit. He's like, what is this? You know, he's like, we're like, it's painting, you know, you're painting, you're doing paints and stuff like that. And once he was done, we are like, Oh, this is fun. And now, because that's the reason why when you hear me an- announce this game, it's a fresco. That's what we always say. Every time we're going to play this game,
1: <laughs> let's play a fresco. Yeah. And it's, the other thing too is, for what it's worth, all the expansions are modular. Like you can use modules one, four, seven, and eight if you wanted. You don't have to pour everything in. Always use expansion one. I think it is. That's the advanced colors. You got to use more <laughs> colors. You're a painter man. Come yeah, on. you yeah, can't. You can't
0: be colors. limited. Limited to uh, not as many.
1: Yeah, and uh, th- I would say this game is good enough that uh, should one of us remember, we should definitely put a link for this on uh, Amazon on the show notes because fresco is again it's a game that could be in a lot of collections it's good for family it's good for game night it's not if you play just like with one or two modules the game goes pretty quick and uh like i said the price is usually always spot on this is not a game that yeah, you're yeah definitely drop in and you
0: get days. a lot of game for the amount of money you're actually paying for it
1: now i have one more on my list i don't know if you got a few more or not
0: no i i am plum out
1: all right cool so my final one is uh, by June Sasaki and Oink Games, and that is a fake artist goes to New York. Now, this will be one of the games that I think is the most like feeling like an artist because you actually <laughs> have to draw things. <laughs> so you literally are an artist. Uh, you mean like so pi- game- you mean like
0: Pictionary, or you mean like uh, <laughs>
1: Telestrations, or do you it's- mean like? Uh- oh yeah, also Telestrations is an art game technically. Okay, so. <laughs> In a Fake Artist goes to New York, uh, it's a game with a moderator. They announce the subject matter to all the artists. And then all the artists get a little dry erase uh, card that notes what the actual content of that subject matter is. So the subject matter could be locations or famous cities. And then the individual cards will actually note, like, Seattle or (laughs) or all I can think of is the Simpsons episode Cucamonga you know whatever it may be and one artist gets a big x so everyone's doing a stroke of the masterpiece because you know they all know what they're doing except for that fake artist and he has to hopefully just follow along with the rest of the class and get a passing grade and not get spotted out for being the fake And what's cool is, like, each player gets a different color marker to identify you, you know, and your strokes and all that. It's pretty fun, and you really are an artist. Like, your teacher is telling you all what you must paint, and I kind of think that's really fun for a party game. Like, the only con is that it's, like, a 5-10 to player game, so, you know, this is... You can't exactly play a fake artist when you're couples, (laughs) <laughs> like, so i know so you, you mean i'll I never play this game <laughs> yeah i know you're the fake artist how because i gave you the x <laughs> not nearly as fun what's great is like the little uh palette board aka notepad you can like store all the paintings that you guys did together inside the box the box is super duper tiny which is awesome incredibly portable really fun for a game night if you want to really show off your artistic chops, a fake artist goes to New York. We'll let you do that.
0: Nice. And uh, also, uh, I asked this on Twitter and on Facebook, and Toby Abad, creator of A Single Moment RPG, he also recommends that. He thumbs up from him. So so if if Toby and Dan both say it's great, then it's obviously uh, two thumbs up.
1: Sweet. Maybe we'll have a link for this one as well. Yeah, maybe. Cause uh, I think everyone should definitely have like some artistic style game in their collection. You know, it's it's good to have like games like Solid Mechanics and everything else. But a lot of these art games, I would say, I don't think any of these games are like a two hour phenomena or anything like that. It's
0: no, it really isn't. If, if yeah, most of these are pretty short. Like when me and Mike played Starving Artists, because we actually played Starving Artists just to kind of so I could brush up on it. Um, it took us a little bit longer. I think that's just because we were kind of relearning it again. But um, yeah, most of these games are so quick and so creative. And like, I, you know, like you said before, like it, it, it also inspires you to be like, oh, you know, maybe I should do something like, you know, do a painting or draw something, you know, on the side or something like that because of just the, just how wonderfully beautiful and um, inspirational and inspirational they are.
1: And how they let you tap into your soul and just let, let your right. inner visions fly. Uh, that's right I'm t- like a lot of those like local wine and paint places they have some nights where you can actually bring your own images like you know you can bring a paint like a picture of a family member or something and paint it there I'm actually really tempted to like try to find a simpler picture by Reiner Canizia i Canizia good god what the hell is wrong with me by Clemens Franz and uh see if I can like you know like maybe I'll bring like the like Altiplano and see if I can paint the alpaca or something <laughs>
0: Boy, people, that's a surprise.
1: <laughs> that would be great, man. I Kevin have... Frowns is my favorite artist, guys. <laughs> well, also, I don't know if you noticed, he doesn't use super, like, you know, he doesn't do much color blending. Like, that alpaca is a color. <laughs> 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 I can handle a color. Yeah,
0: exactly. Exactly. I know. I'm... That's that's probably, like, this inspire, this stuff inspires me to just let everyone else do the work because I'm terrible at it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh...
0: So, are there any 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 others that you guys have in mind? You know, we didn't talk about the gallerist. Is that something that's not really being an artist? But are there some are there some other games out there that you know you think that should be in this wheelhouse that we haven't talked about? Why don't you let us know on our Facebook page or on Twitter? Um, we'd like to kind of talk about that. We'll actually, you know, if you get on us there, we'll talk to you on those sites. But also, we'll reference it in the next episode just because I would like to hear what you guys think about it. But otherwise, uh, thank you for listening. Um, if you like what you see, if you like what you listen here, and you're new to the show, please subscribe on iTunes or anything that you listen to. Um, also, we have a YouTube channel too, so please, if you don't mind, subscribe to that because we're looking at making more videos there and talking, chatting up some uh, wonderful people too here in the future. So, until next time, I'm Kurt.
1: And this is D. Wyatt.
0: And thanks for listening to the MFG Cast.
1: Legends of Tabletop Podcast, creating legends one die at a time.